You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Okay, so now to our sermon series. All right, um, what's next? This is, like I said, this is the longest one. I mean, we started this one the week after Easter, and uh, we've been going through all of these things that because, you know, and I think here's the thing is, is it, I really didn't intend on it being this long because I was really thinking I want to preach all those things, but I can't go this long with it, but we did, you know, because we've been, we went through the fruit of the Spirit, went through the gifts of the Spirit. We talked about unity. We, we talked about baptism and how all those things. And now we're in, finally today, we're wrapping up, you know, the, the motivational gifts, the personality gifts. So we're wrapping it up from uh, Romans chapter 12. And um, a lot of people, and I, here's the, the real driving force in my heart about this sermon series, a lot of people, you know, it's like we get saved and that's it. Because, hey, I mean, you know, if you get eternity nailed down, <laughs> sounds like that's all that really matters, right? I mean, you got eternity nailed down, so what else is there? But, you know, there is so much more. It, it doesn't cost you a dime. It doesn't cost you anything to become a Christian except your faith. You know, y'all know my scripture, right? You've heard it over and over. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. My paraphrase, very loosely paraphrased, if anybody looks it up, please do so basically says all you got to do to become a Christian is believe Jesus is exactly who he says he is and then tell somebody about it. That's all it takes because he's already done the hard work. Okay, that's becoming a Christian. But being a Christian is different than becoming a Christian. Now, I got one amen and the rest of you say, well, I, I don't know about that. Okay, well, let me give you this example right here. Becoming a dad is different than being a dad. You become a dad in just a few moments. I know, I know you say, no, there's nine months. Huh? The mom has nine months. There is nothing that ties you to anything else, even that next nine months, right? There's nothing that ties you. But then what comes, it's, you become a dad in a moment, but you be a dad for the rest of your life or you don't be a dad. And so becoming a Christian is not a, is, it's, I, think, I think sometimes it's like this. You know, it's like maybe, maybe a, a dad that was too busy when his kids were growing up. And one day, you know, they're sitting around and saying, Dad, you remember that time we went to the amusement park and we wrote, oh, wait a minute, you weren't there, Dad. Or, Dad, you remember that time that I, I hit that in, in the park home run and, oh, wait a minute, you weren't there, Dad. I wonder if sometimes, you know, that's the way some of us think it's going to be like, you know, in, in eternity one day. When, uh, you know, we're all sitting around and we're saying, hey, do y'all remember that time we, we raised funds for, oh, wait, you weren't there, were you? Or you remember that time when we that missions trip? Oh, wait a minute, you weren't there. Or you remember that time we went and repaired that widow's house? Oh, oh, wait a minute, you weren't there for that either. I mean, is it going to be like that? Okay, now I, I, I'm sensing a little kickback here, you know, you know, because well, wait a minute, is that no? No, listen, these aren't these aren't my ideas and my thoughts. Jesus said, at the end of all this and the end of all these lives here, there's coming a, a, a reckoning. And he said, he's going to turn to those who think, you know, well, I believed in Jesus. He's going to turn to them and say, you didn't help me when I was this, 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 or this. And they're going to say, when did we see you in need of this, 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 and this? And Jesus said, is going to say, when you, didn't see, when you didn't do it to those around you, you didn't do it to me. And he's going to say, depart from me because, oh, y'all know that one, right? 
I never knew you. Wait a minute, I became a Christian. I had that moment. Yeah, but he says, I, I never knew you, and you never really knew me. Because when we become a Christian, we want to be like Jesus. It's not a get-out-of-hell-free card. He didn't die on the cross of Calvary just so we could say, hey, I got eternity handled. There is something for us to do. You know, I, I've said this many times. I've been For decades I've been saying this. I'm older than I look. Okay, for decades I've been saying this. Is God loves you too much to leave you here one second after you become a Christian unless he had something for you to do. He loves you too much. He'll take you on to heaven so you don't have to deal with all this junk anymore. But he left you here because you have something to do. There's, there's a what next after Easter. There's a what next after Easter. Because when you come to Jesus, it's not just, hey, I'm sorry for my sin. It's like, hey, I want a relationship with you. Believing who he is. And if you believe who he is, you want to be a part of what he's doing. You're part of that. It's not just about becoming, but it's about being a Christian. You receive salvation. doesn't cost you a thing. But it makes you want, it makes you want to be more like him. And so today, we're wrapping up, and it's not the last in, in, in the list as it's given to us in Romans chapter 12, but today we're talking about helps, the gift of helps or the gift of serving. I, I, I put both of those up there because some people don't like to be called a helper, and some people don't like to be called a servant. So I'll put both of them up. You pick the one you want to pick, right? And, and you've all taken the gift test, right? If you hadn't, please, my goodness, what are you waiting on? We've been talking about this for about nine weeks now, church2911.com slash test and find out what your gift is, okay? And here's the, where it's at in the list. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. You know, it's like, I mean, this is the gift that's kind of the knocky thing, right? You know, just do it. You know, serve them well. Whatever your gift is, do it, but do it well. Do it with all your heart. Do it like you're serving Christ because as he gave us that example, the day of reckoning, when you do it to someone, you're doing it to Christ. When you're doing it for someone around you, you're doing it for Christ. Okay, so in this room right now, there are probably about 15, maybe 20 people who are highly gifted, have a dominant gift of administration, leadership, administration, and those kinds of organizing and all that kind of stuff. But also in this room, there are at least 60 people at least four times as many, maybe 70, maybe even more people who have a dominant gift of helps. Now, you see, you've got this help. If you've taken the test, you know that you kind of got this mix. You scored six on one or two. You scored five on one, four on one, and you scored some negatives on one or two things. Normally, we're pretty, you know, we're pretty uh, forgiving of ourselves, so we, most of us don't have a lot of negatives, right? Uh, if you didn't have many negatives, then just count that zero and that one as a negative also, okay? Uh, but, but you've got this gift mix. And so for those who are predominant or, or have a real dominant help gifting or serving gifting, there's probably about 60 or even more of that in this room. Now, why are there 12, 15, probably not 20, who are strongly gifted in administration, but there are 60, 70, maybe even more people who are strongly gifted in helps? Because that's the way we need it. You know, now, we didn't, we didn't check out your gift inventory we didn't check it out before we invited you to become a part of 2911. We didn't send our people out and, you know, knock on the door and say, are, are you an administrator or helper? And so, no, we've already met our quotas on this one, so you can't come to 2911. We didn't do that, right? This happens naturally every time. Listen, I, I, I don't even know what the numbers are. I'm telling you this happens naturally because every time at every church where I've ever done any kind of gift testing like this, these are the numbers. Three to four times as many helpers as there are administrators. And why is that? 
because God knows what we need. And just another example of divine planning of how God does things, and he gives us what we need. And why do we need it that way? Imagine if the numbers were reversed, and we had, you know, 60 or 70 administrators and only 12 or 15 helpers in the room. Imagine what that would look like, right? Imagine, imagine how tired those 12 or 15 helpers would be. Imagine how many arguments there would be in the middle of those 60 or 70 administrators in this room at one time. But God knows what we need. And so I, I know the way we look at it a lot of times is we look at the people on stage, the people who can lead, the people who have the ideas, the creatives. We look at a lot of those people and we say, you know, the prophets, we say that those are the important ones. But I hope if that's how you feel that, and you feel that this gift is the bottom of the barrel, I hope that you have a different opinion when you leave this service today. Because I want to I talk about it. I want you to see how important it is. So let's start talking about this gift. Okay, so next slide. Helps and serving, that gift is the most practical gift of them all. You know, all the other gifts, they're, they're, they're either cerebral or they're kind of a little existential, a little bit emotional and those kinds of things, are, you know, are, you know, kind of factual and some, and some of them are just esoteric. I mean, you know, they only make sense to the people who, you know, I mean, who really understands and believes that anybody could like paperwork? Yet there are people in this room that are gifted to like paperwork, right? I mean, it doesn't even make sense, right? And that's the way all these other gifts are, but this gift of helps and serving is the most practical of all because while the prophets and the administrators and the encouragers are all sitting around trying to decide what to do next, how to do it, and who's going to do it, the helpers are already getting it done. Some of you helpers should say amen, except you don't really like to be out front, so you don't want to say it out loud right here, you know, because that's who you are. And that's, that's the way God gifted us. And, and so it's the most practical gift of all. Secondly, the, those motivated by serving or helping others enjoy manual projects. They don't go out seeking public speaking opportunities. You know, and they don't love Excel spreadsheets as much as I do. You know, they really like, they like rolling up their sleeves. They like getting their hands dirty. They like helping somebody and seeing the results immediately, knowing that they made a difference. You know, and uh, the third thing right here is they aren't kings and they don't want to be. Now, sometimes we look down on people that don't, don't want to be, you know, uh, kings or, or, you know, like not just better than they are, but the best in the room. I mean, we look down on those kinds of people. But have you ever thought about it? I, I remember when, you know, we were kids, a lot of people... You know, they would, you know, they would ask. A lot of kids would ask when I was growing up, would answer when, when we were asking elementary school, what do you want to be when you grow up? We'd have several say, want to be president. You know, I've grown up. You know what? I've watched presidents. I don't want to be a president. I mean, have you seen, have you seen their life after the presidency? I mean, when you decide to run for president, you are putting yourself and your family. I mean, you don't have a private thought ever for the rest of your life. You don't have a private moment. Secret service is right there all of the time. Who wants to be a king? Right, I mean, if you looked at the, uh, the royal family in England, who wants to be a part of that, right? I mean, so, so here's the thing is a lot of us, we're just so ambitious that we say, no, I want to be, I want, and we really don't. But it's the, the helpers, those who are gifted at helping and serving, they know who they are. And they say, I'm good with rolling up my sleeves, getting my hands dirty, and seeing somebody's life bettered in this moment right here, right now is they understand that. Let me tell you a little bit more about them, okay? People gifted like this, they can't walk by a gum wrapper on the ground without picking it up, especially if it's in church. They can't leave a mess for someone else to clean up. 
Man, we need a few more of those around, don't we? They can't look at a dingy wall for too long without painting it. They can't wait another week for someone to get around to it. You know, there's a lot of that around, right? Specifically, she planted the pots out front and keeps them up. They put up new shelves in our closet the past couple of weeks. She swept up after an event last Sunday so that we're ready for the next event. They cleaned out the closets and rooms that became junk catchers. She caught the new trim. He set out the signs this morning before service, and they will take in the signs after service. Normally different people do that. She cleaned out the coffee cart. She clipped the frayed ends from the carpet edge on the stage right here. I noticed it last week. See, here, there's two reasons I wanted to share all this with you. One is I asked the leaders to help me make this list. Because I wanted you to see that we've got a lot of helpers. We've got a lot of people that are gifted in helps and serving already at 2911. And some of you just need to find that place. But I also wanted you to know this. I wanted you, those of you who are already serving that way, I wanted you to know we're noticing. We see that stuff. We know that it's happening. You see, here's the next slide for me, Beverly. These people that are gifted this way, they don't see their gifts as menial but as vital. They are not merely helpers. It would be more proper to say they are the ones who help make ministry happen. Without them, ministry wouldn't happen. I mean, without them, I'd be standing up here just yelling because there's not, there's not a microphone, you know, and we'd have to have all the doors open because there wouldn't be any lights. Right? All, all the stuff that has to happen. Your kids would be sitting in your lap right now, you know, and uh, we'd be trying to have church over that and all this. Without helpers, ministry wouldn't be happening. And they understand that. They understand how vital they are, even, even though you and I, I mean, we look at the guy in the spotlights, right? We look at the one, you know, with a, an instrument slung around his neck. Or we look at the one that is back there with, a, you know, with, you know uh, leading the, the lesson in kids' church. We look at all these people that seem to be up out front, and we miss the fact that there are so many more behind the scenes doing the work that has to be done to make ministry happen. They are the ones that make the ministry happen. They make me able to do this moment of ministry. If you're a helper, if you're, if you're blessed, if you're gifted with, with a serving gift, you have made this moment possible. And, and if you're blessed and you're not yet operating in that, understand it, it's going to be even greater when you start operating in that gift that you've been given, this personality trait that God has given to you. It's going to be even greater. Next slide for me, Beverly, if you will. And many start their ministry involvement with helping, and they never leave it. You see, I'll, I'll say this a little later also in the message. It, is this, it's really one of the best places to start in ministry, is to start by helping. But many people start helping, and they never leave that because that's who they are. And people, like in the Bible, people like Phoebe, because it's their dominant gift, people like Phoebe. And you know who she was? Any, anybody? 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 No, nobody. Paul did. You know the Apostle Paul that went around and, and planted all those churches? He knew who she was. And he, he mentioned her, and I've got all these scriptures uh, by, uh, supporting it. They're all in the sermon notes. just don't have time to read them all. He said he, he called her a great help to others and even to myself. He knew who she was. Or uh, 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 Timothy. I don't know. We, we look at Timothy as a pastor, and, and we pastors look at that, and we say, you know, and, but hey, pastors have, a lot of pastors have a strong helps gift and serving gifts. Some don't. <laughs> Those are obvious as well, but Timothy did. And one of the things we see is late in life, Paul calls for Timothy. Paul needs Timothy. 
because he's his helper. Or, or there's Dorcas who used her talents to make uh, clothes for the widows. Or there's uh, Martha. I mean, it seems like, read scripture, she was always making a meal in Jesus' honor, right? Or Mary Magdalene, who uh, she uh, washed Jesus' feet with her tears, dried them with her, with her hair. But then we also see that she was, she was uh, giving in ministry, not just her money, but her stuff. Like if she found out somebody needs something, she'd go home and get it and just bring it to them. And, you know, that may sound like a little thing to you, but sometimes, you know, I find it's a whole lot easier to give somebody $20 than it is to loan them my shovel, you know, because I might not ever get that shovel back. And they go buy their own shovel for 20 bucks, you know, and I'll always have mine. So here, give you, you know, go to Lowe's yourself and get yourself. It's easier to do that. And we just pass that off because it's easier to do that than it is. I mean, it's easier to give $5 toward a funeral meal than actually make one. But there are people that are gifted to do just exactly that. Mary Magdalene is one of those. Here's the, here's the big point, though, is all, all these people that were helpers, they, where did I get this list? In the Bible, right? They're listed right there alongside of John the Baptist who preached and, and, and prepared the way for Jesus Christ. I mean, Timothy's right there along beside. I mean, Paul's mentioning several of these, and, and they're right alongside of Paul who planted all those churches all over the Roman Empire. Uh, you know, and, and, and people like Simon Peter who preached the very first Christian church sermon and 3,000 souls get saved that day. And right alongside him, we've got these helpers that are also mentioned. That's how vital and how important your ministry is if you're gifted in helps or serving. But it's not all roses. Let's do talk a little bit about some weaknesses. You know, sometimes they can appear to be a little pushy. A little hurry. And that's okay. You know why they appear that way? Because they are. Because helpers are in a hurry to help. They hadn't got time to wait on you administrators to figure it out and plan it. They want to do it today. You know? I, I, a pastor one time called me. He was wanting to plan a church. And, you know, and, and so we had, we had planted this one. And so a friend of his had him call me. He called me. He said, I'm starting this Sunday. And I said, well, when did you start planning this? He said, about two weeks ago. He said, but I, I've got a call, and I've got to start this this Sunday. And I said, please don't do that yet. Here's what you can do. And I tried to give him all kinds of ideas about how you can do this. I said, you only get one chance to have your first service. You only get one chance. And, and oh, no, I've got to do it this Sunday. And, and, and I think he did okay, but, man, he struggled coming out of the gate because he had just been thinking about it. I mean, he, he was really strong in this helps thing. You know, I've got to do this right now. And, and that's one of the weaknesses of, uh, of uh, those gifted in helps and serving is, is they get in a hurry and sometimes they can be a little pushy. Secondly, they can't let go. They can't say no. They can't delegate. Y'all know people like that? You know, they say yes to everything around them. Now, listen, listen to me, okay? I'm talking to about 25% of the people in this room. The other 75% of you are saying no plenty, all right? And you need to stop saying no to things that God is put, dropping in your lap, people that he's putting right beside you that you need to be ministering to. I, I like one of the quotes, that, and I never can remember the quote David uses a lot of time, uh, and I never can remember who said it, but the, when they said, well, how did you know to do this? How did you know that you had the calling to do this? He said, no, no. He said, the need is the call. When you see the need, there's a call. Okay, so, so you other 75%, I'm not talking to you when I say this. I'm talking about these 25% or so in our, in, in our midst today that are really strong in helps and service. They can't say no. Good example. I went to pastor a church one time, and, the, and this church, uh, the, the, the building around the sanctuary, there was, a, there was a hallway, went all the way around. I mean, it met at the baptistry, you know, in the back right there. You know, went all the way around, you know. And, and, and so I first get there, and one of the first things I noticed 
is I'll, I walk in that side door because my office is right here. They got an office for the pastor, and you can go through the offices. Or I had a back entrance. I guess that was when a church member showed up that I didn't want to talk to that day. I could slip out the back. I, you know, I don't. They didn't explain to me why it was there. You know, but I had a back entrance as well. And 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 you know, to get down to that back entrance, you had to walk like this because that hallway was almost completely filled with junk. The only thing I really remember is there was a big, huge copy machine. You know, I don't know if y'all seen any of those big ones. I mean, everybody used to have big ones. I mean, now we have these little ones, you know. But a big co uh, copy machine was in there. I didn't ask that first day because I didn't know whose fault it was. All, you know, so I didn't want to get ruffled any feathers my first day there. But I started trying to find out without actually asking, and I found out what was going on. There was a helper in that church that every time something was needed, he said, I'll do it. I'll do it. And he got so, I can't take it with me right now. Put it over in that side hall, and I'll get around to it. And that was one of the things. It's a copy machine. He said, put it, I can't get to it today. Put it in that side hall. And you know what happened? He kept saying yes to so many things, that hallway got filled. And listen, listen to me. Those of you who, who, who have a, a habit of saying yes to everything, he eventually didn't become known any longer as the guy who could do things. He became known as the guy who never got anything done in that church because he, he couldn't say no. He couldn't let go. He couldn't delegate. He couldn't let somebody else do the job. And, so, and that's one of, the, one of your struggles you have if you're gifted to this. And the third one right here, third weakness is they work so hard, they often miss the big picture. You know, you can't put uh, 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 someone who is gifted in healing, uh, I'm sorry, gifted in helping or serving, you can't put them in charge of organizing and planning and everything because, especially long-range stuff, because they will get tired of it and they'll just start handing out food anyway. You know, they'll just start doing it. You know, we found this out, you know, and uh, when we were in Texas and uh, we had 100 and, uh, uh, nearly 150 um, Katrina uh, refugees uh, from the lower ninth ward of New Orleans that ended up <laughs> right in our lap and we had to take care of them we had people all over town that were bringing they found out we were there we didn't announce anything on the on the radio they just found out Katrina survivors were there and they were just bringing stuff and we had to go on the radio then and say please don't bring any more stuff because we had to get it organized you know and the helpers they, did, they, they didn't want to hear that I mean they kept bringing us stuff anyway even though we said look we're overrun we can't even figure out what we've got uh, we got, got just enough time. We got a few helpers in, and we organized everything. And we were, I believe we were, probably, we were probably the envy of every Dollar General in the county because we weren't out of anything. We had everything. I mean, anything you wanted, you could go in and find. And people just kept bringing, kept bringing, because people want to help. Helpers want to help. You know, and sometimes they can miss the big picture. And you see that here because they may fail to submit to spiritual authority. I got to say something here because it's just time, Okay. I got to say something because it, I, I'm here at this moment and it's just time for me to share this. Okay, so you got to listen to this one, all right? And let me just tell you if you're a helper, understand this thing of spiritual authority. You notice that word authority, that doesn't mean superiority. And those of you who have authority, understand again, that doesn't mean superiority, okay? When someone has authority, it just means that they've been put in charge of making something happen. And so if I'm going to help them, and ask staff members. Ask, if I put them in charge of something, I don't run in and ask them about every little thing. You know, I'll make suggestions, and, I, and if, I, if I sense that I'm ruffling, I'll back away because I've given them authority. And here's what happens sometimes. I had this, this happen in another church that I was, I was, I was a pastor of. 
And um, our kids' pastor was full-time. And she wasn't just full-time. She was full-time. I mean, she ate, drank, she would, she, uh, you know, she slept, she breathed kids' ministry, you know, all the time. I mean, she was speaking at kids' camps and kids' crusades all over the state and even outside of the state. She was, she was brought into places where the kids' ministry conferences were happening. She was, she was one of the speakers. One morning before uh, the worship service began, I mean, you just really love for people to come bring you problems right before you're going to preach. I mean, it's just awesome. It's, you, know, you know, just really a blessing for, you know, your pastorate. And I had a guy come in, and he said, he said, I need to tell you something. He said, I know what our kid's pastor needs to do. Now, I would love to tell you what he, do, he did for a living, but, but uh, some of you would feel demeaned by that because, but, uh, because it would just explain it real quickly, but let me say it as quickly as I can. What he did for a living, 40 hours of the week, had nothing to do with church, had nothing to do with ministry, had nothing to do with kids, okay? But this lady who has been eating, drinking, breathing, sleeping, uh, kids' ministry, all week long, preparing for that moment, she's been getting ready, and she's in the kids' sanctuary. This room that they've got is their sanctuary. And he kind of steps to the door, and he looks in for about five minutes and walks down to my office, and he says, here's what she needs to do. Guess what? I didn't tell her what he said she needed to do because he didn't have a clue what needed to happen because he had been thinking about it for about two minutes, and he didn't know why. We have staff members around here that, you know, you might make a suggestion, but when you make that suggestion, just realize they may know five reasons that we can't do that. I've had people say, you know what, we need to point so-and-so to be over this. You need, just, just hear me, okay, on this? I've had that happen when that person was just in my office confessing to some kind of sin that, no, we can't put them over that. But I can't tell you that. So that's why you need to understand we need to submit to spiritual authority. Not superiority. People who have authority, don't, they're not superior. It's just that they've been involved and they know things that you might not know. And it's when you're a helper, a lot of times you might say, but I, would just, I just want to get it done, but you got to back up. Timothy is our great model right here because he almost did nothing without Paul's leadership. I mean, some of the, some of the words in the, in the New Testament were directly to Peter. I mean, I'm sorry, directly from Paul to Timothy. We're directly to Timothy. And, 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 you know, we still have them today because they help us as church leaders know what to do. And here's why Timothy did this. Not because Timothy was stupid. Timothy knew he had a calling. He was called to be a pastor. But he knew Paul had a big picture calling as an apostle. That he wasn't just concerned with this church at this moment for this time. But the words that, that God was giving Paul to speak would still be speaking to us 2,000 years later. And so Timothy understood that. And so helpers, serving, people that are gifted with serving, just understand that sometimes you may be pushing. You might be, you might be saying, I want to get it. No, I want to get it. You need to understand that somebody else may know something a little different. Okay, so let me talk to you about your strengths real quick. And i got to hurry. Um, we've been talking about your strengths really the whole sermon, so don't get offended that I don't talk long here. But they, li they like to work behind the scenes. Oh, i got to tell you another story. i got, I got a minute. i got to tell you another story, okay? Uh, when I was a youth and worship pastor, we, we worked for two different churches as youth and, and worship. Um, when, when, when we got started in youth ministry, we were one, in our denomination, I was one of the very first, I think I was the, maybe the third full-time youth pastor in the state of Alabama in our denomination. So I know that sounds like I'm old. You go all the way back right there, okay? If you're 20, yeah, then that, uh, yeah, that is, uh, means I am old. Yeah, I'm, I'm old if you're 20. Um, 
but so I, but I had to do both. I had to do youth and worship, okay, uh, to be able to actually have a full time salary. And so in one of the churches that I was serving in. And it was a traditional church. It was a large church. It was a, it was the fourth largest church in the denomination in the state of Alabama. And it, but it was very traditional. And I met the worship that was there. We you know we didn't have a band like this. It sounds as awesome as this. We had a piano, piano and a bass and a guitar, uh, 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 drums. I'm sorry, piano, bass, drums, and organ. Okay, and an organ. Y'all know what an organ is? Anybody know? Anybody remember what an organ is? They used to have them in all churches. You know, uh, yeah, uh, organ, not a keyboard. Okay. You know, and not one of those little ones like you have in your house, you know, your, or maybe your grandmother has. I mean, a real organ, a Hammond B3 with a Leslie speaker. I mean, some, some of y'all know what that means, okay? Some of you don't. Just, just be amazed. Oh, wow, that's not, it, uh, it is awesome, okay? And uh, the lady we had that played it all the time, I mean, she was, she was solid. I mean, she wasn't flashy, and, but she was solid. Well, <laughs> For my taste, I don't want flashy. I want, I want solid, you know. I want somebody that's going to hit the right notes and not mess everybody up with all their kinds of runs and stuff, right? But we had two other guys that they would fill in, and they began to complain that, you know, we never get, we never get to play because she's never sick, you know. And we never get to play because she's never out of town, you know. And so they began to complain. The pastor, pastor said, you need to meet with these guys. you got to work this out. So I get the three of them together, and, I'm, and we're all together. And, uh, and I'm kind of explaining. I said, well, we, want, we want to, you know, work this out however we can. And one of, the, one of the guys, I'll try not to be ugly and mean, but it's just really hard to not be ugly and mean. He just kind of threw his head back and put a little smile on his mustached face and said I just want my time to shine <laughs> guess what about two months later he was shining at the assembly of God down the road because <laughs> he wasn't playing anymore at the church where I was in charge of ministry because I never saw that anywhere in the Bible that ministry is about your place to shine and that's why listen to me please if you aren't heavily gifted in help and serving that's why still, as we've said just about every week, and we might have missed one, you still are required to work on those things that you aren't gifted in. You are still required to be merciful, even if you aren't gifted to be merciful. You are still required to be, to be solid in truth, even if you aren't uh, gifted in prophecy. You are, you are still required to help and serve, even if you aren't strongly gifted in helping and serving. Because if you don't, you're going to have the same attitude as that guy. And I'm going to look at you just as I looked at him. You know, and it's like, there's no way that God can minister within a million miles of that attitude. You know, so they, work, they love to work behind the scenes. Number two, uh, they are observant, readily recognizing the needs of others. They see things that I don't see. I consider myself a people watcher because I've got, I've got some help, you know, in there, that gifting, that serving. I've got some of that. But those who are gifted highly, they recognize, they observe. Number three, I'm going to hurry right here. Number three, they have a keen memory of the likes and dislikes of those they serve. So not only do they see the new things happening, they remember, oh, yeah, they like this, they like this, they like this. Don't you love someone like that that remembers that you love strawberry cake, you know, or that you love chocolate chip cookies? Or, or that you, don't, you, don't you, isn't that an awesome thing, an awesome gift for people? And, and these people have this. Okay. So getting close to wrapping up here, let me, let's contrast a couple of scriptures real quick if we can. Th these two scriptures both happened the weekend Jesus died. He's dead at the time of both these two scriptures. But, but look at the two things happening. One's written by the 
the disciple John, one's written by the disciple Matthew. John writes, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And Matthew remembers this part, this part of all the stories going on around. Both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb and watching. What were they watching? Okay, when Jesus died, he died, and, and the, the Passover was quick approaching. Uh, you know, the uh, uh, sundown was when, sunset was when the Passover, I'm not the Passover, I'm sorry, uh, the Sabbath would begin. Sundown was when the Sabbath would begin. And uh, so they had, they, had to, they had to get Jesus' body down. And in a, in a tomb real quick, they didn't have time to prepare his body. They didn't do embalming. They just, they would prepared it with spices and linen cloths and those kinds of things. But they didn't have time for all that. So they just had to get him in a tomb real quick, roll a stone in front of it. And then these two ladies, if you look at the very next chapter, the first verse, you'll find out that the next morning, af after this, the next morning, here's, here's what they were watching for. The next morning, after the Sabbath was over, they were there early so that they could do this work of spicing and you know, wrapping up Jesus' body like it's supposed to be wrapped and all the things and to take care of it. They, they were interested in that moment. They were interested in ministering to Jesus even though he was dead and taking care of things that, you know, you and I, I don't, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's easy for me. Like we had DreamCon last week. It's easy for me to say, okay, what's the next thing? You know, but she's like, no, we've still got something to do right here. And, and, and that next chapter, that's chapter 27. Chapter 28 is actually on Sunday morning. And so both of these things happen on Sunday. On Sunday morning, these two women are there ministering to Jesus, ready to minister to Jesus' body. But that evening, his disciples are still hiding for fear. That's, that's the spirit of a person with a gift of help and serving. They aren't, they aren't wrapped up or they aren't, they aren't confused or they, they, they aren't bound by their fears or, or other people's opinions or ideas. I've just got to help. I've just got to do something. Man, I've, had, I've, I've, I've just had, it rubbed me the wrong way at times because, listen, I, I, I administrated this. I organized this thing and you want to do it your way and, and we butted heads or something, but they, they just want to do ministry because it's in, their, it's in their blood. It's who they are. They just want to do ministry. And if that's your gift and that's your calling, I pray, please, Roll your sleeves up. Get your hands dirty. Because there's one more person around you that needs your gift today that still hasn't been reached by the love of Jesus Christ. So do it. Can I ask the worship team to come back if they will? Let me, um, let me give you a stat just before we close, okay? Statistics show if people don't get involved in a church's ministry in the first six months they attend that church, they never will. You hear that? Let's, get, let's read it again. If people don't get involved in a church's ministry in the first six months they attend, they never will. So you know what? The clock is ticking. If you don't get involved in the first six months, you're likely to never get involved. What are you waiting on? Man, that's one of the things we said about Jamie's home church enterprise when we were her pastor there. I loved military people. We were right outside of Fort Rucker, the home of Army Aviation. I love military people because they've only got two or three years and they're going somewhere else. They walk in the door and say, what do you need to do? What, what do you need done? What can we do? How can we help? I mean, they, they walk in the door. They don't wait six months or a year. They say, we're here. We're only here two or three years. How can we help? Lo you know, love that attitude. Helpers have that attitude. Servants have that attitude. If you've not yet found your place, I, I, really, I really dare you to do something this morning. Send a text right here to this number, 
Text this. Text, I want to help make ministry happen at 205-476-2911. I dare you. Because you say, but I don't know what area. Listen, the best thing for you to do then is to help somewhere. If you say, I, I just want to help with this. You, you might say, well, I can't run the soundboard. Well, I, see, I see some paint needs to go on that top rail back there. You know, I, I see some wires that still need to be run. Well, I can't teach, you know, kids church. And, well, but they have to set up pretty much every Sunday. They have stuff that they have to gather. There are all kinds of, of opportunities for helpers and people that can serve. I de- listen, I, I, I've said this before a lot of times, but I want, I, I, I want everybody to know I don't just say this flippantly. I, I think about this. I want you to get this. There are plenty of churches around that if you just want to sit and enjoy the music and enjoy a sermon, and maybe you get prayed over once in a while. There are plenty of churches around like that. That's not 2911. We believe we have a calling. And I believe one of my callings is to make you uncomfortable enough for you to say, I've got to do something for Jesus Christ who died for my sins and did everything for me. And, and I don't say, listen, I don't say get out of here if you don't want to. But I'm saying I hope you are never comfortable for six months in this building without doing something for Jesus. I hope you, are never, you never get to the place that you can be comfortable listening to my sermons for six months without doing something in ministry. I hope you are never comfortable listening to this worship team for six months without doing something. I hope you are never that comfortable. That we, have been, we believe we have not been put here as just another church in town, but as a church who is called to reach those that nobody else is reaching. That means we have to do things in a different way. That means we have to dare you every once in a while to get involved, roll your sleeves up. Quit saying no, unless you're one of those people that says no, and never says no. Quit saying no and do what God has called you to do. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.